Hello there, and welcome to episode three of Full Tilt, the podcast about popular culture brought to you by people who can't get enough of it. I am Mike DeLeo, and today I am joined on a Friday afternoon after one of the great days of the sports calendar, the NBA trade deadline, joined by two guests to sort of talk about all the craziness that has gone down. First, return the first returning guest in Full Tilt's history, Marcus Gray. Hello, Marcus. And then Joe Stauffenberg returning from the all those Mike DeLeo slash Joe Stauffenberg stands from the Rowan Radio days. They're going to be very happy. Joe, happy to have you on the new program. What's going on, guys? Joe, Marcus, it is a pleasure to have you both here. It's a great day on the sports calendar. As I said, we got a lot of trades coming through, a lot of transactions. And in years past, the trade deadline has been... Hit or miss, sometimes we get to that 3 uh, three o'clock mark and not a lot has gone down, but we have a lot to dive deep into based on today's work. I mean, it's ostensibly a trade deadline podcast, but there are a couple of trades that happened in the last couple of days. We're going to include all the trade action that has been as of late in the NBA, but I think it's pertinent that we start with what I think is the biggest trade during this week wasn't an NBA trade. The Mookie Betts trade. Mookie Betts traded to the Dodgers. There are other players involved, but quite frankly, many of them don't matter. And it's not actually official yet, which we'll talk about to an extent. But Marcus, you and I, both Yankees fans, I think we have a similar uh, sort of exuberance about this deal. But Joe, I wanted to get your opinion first as somebody, as a, a Phillies fan, a sort of neutral observer in this sort of deal with Boston and LA and Minnesota to some extent, but I mean, Minnesota is not really part of the headline of the deal, right. but what are your reactions uh, right off the bat? Uh, I think no matter what they're, they have a, a real shot already to go to the NLCS. Now I don't want this to turn into like a Cleveland Browns thing where, you know, you have all these all-stars. Cause I think all of, I think the starting lineup would be all-stars, I believe, except for second base, um, you know, that includes the, the number one pitcher in, in Bueller, but I don't think, um, or, you know, arguably number one, number two with, with Clayton Kershaw, but I, I think they, they have clinched their spot into already a, a world series contender, no matter what, with even before the, the season starts. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll say for the – just to put any Dodgers fans at ease, I think the difference between the Dodgers and the Browns is that the Dodgers have actually been success, somewhat yes. successful in recent, in recent days. Uh, the hype I mean, train was there, though. The hype train was there for the Browns, and, and I think it's oh, the yeah. same no, thing I, I with L.A. It. It, was, yep. it, was a good, it was definitely a good example in terms of hype, but yeah. you're, you, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, it's basically an all-star lineup in the – like pretty much everywhere in the field, right? I mean, they, they traded Jock Peterson, but when you're replacing with Mookie Betts, I think they'll, they're they going to live with that. You still have Max Muncy. You have Corey Seager coming back from injury. You have Cody Bellinger. You have the pitchers that you talked about. It's uh, They're going to be a dangerous team. And Marcus, I know if it comes to the World Series, things might be a little bit dicey. But I think overall, as a Yankees fan, I mean, or, or even as a baseball fan, I really am not disappointed in this deal. It's nice that a team like the Dodgers that's already so good is attempting to get better. That's one of my uh, takeaways on it, at least. Yeah, I just can't believe that. Like, you know, I just can't believe the Red Sox really did this, man. I'm like really I'm actually like really shocked they did this on the 100th anniversary of the Beirut trade. It's so funny to me. Like you, you did this literally 100 years ago and you didn't win for 86 years like. I'm just wondering now, are we going to make it to 2104? Like, are we going to make it there? <laughs> now we're talking. Because uh, how many Because how many have they won? They've won four in the past yeah. four years. And, I mean, actually, I think they won. I was going to say, how many did they win up to the Babe Ruth trade? But I think they won more than four. Yeah, they won four. They won four. Oh, well, yeah. it was exactly four? I think it was, it was like four or five. It's very similar. To, I think, yeah. Interesting. I think they won. Yeah, it's so funny. And the last one they won before is 1918. So 2018. So it's 2104. It's already set oh, in stone. Yes. Yes. Technically, technically they had five. They had 03, 1912, okay. 1915, 16, and 18. So that was almost almost too good to be true. But hey, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna take it. But just 
For the details of the trade, it was Mookie Betts and David Price both sent as essentially a cash dump for the Red Sox to the Los Angeles Dodgers for Alex Verdugo, an outfielder who's had some his own uh, off-the-field character issues, which is uh, a little bit disheartening for Red Sox fans, I think, of all these things to uh, have to deal with. Or it was a whole assault thing, which is not what not what you want in any baseball context, unfortunately, uh, especially in the Yankees context. We can't be too jovial about this because we have no. our own uh, our yeah, own problems with Herman and Chapman. But he is going to nope. the Red Sox. But the the other piece going to the Red Sox is actually what's holding things up right now. Is um, from the Minnesota Twins, the Dodgers sent Kenta Maeda. Their starter slash reliever, who's really a starter, but the Dodgers kind of used him in a weird way. He's going to Minnesota for Bruzdar Gratterall, who's a pretty exciting prospect, throws like 100, has had Tommy John, though, and it is actually his medicals that the Red Sox are kind of held up on. So the deal hasn't been official yet. I think they're working some of that stuff out, but it seems like the deal is still going to happen. It seems like those are at least recognizable, exciting prospect names, but again, if you're talking about a Mookie Betts level player who probably deserves multiple hundreds of millions of dollars to play baseball, uh, I, I don't think for a Red Sox fan it's it's necessarily what you want. So we're yeah, gonna have I mean, to see you, how that plays out. Yeah, you basically draft. You, you, this is what you do. You draft Mookie Betts and you I don't know have him for 20 years. <laughs> like if you're a Red Sox, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I think the goal. Yeah, the goal is you want to develop a guy just like Mookie Betts, and they yeah, did. I know. I know, and then this. Oh yeah, well, we can afford him. We're the Boston Red Sox, and we're the third richest team in baseball. But you know, we don't want to say we don't want to pay luxury tax anymore. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't make I, it. Doesn't make any sense, man. So doesn't. now, where where do the Red Sox go after this year? Uh, like, well, I, I mean, don't. I mean, the the thing is, well, yeah. If you had something to say, but they they didn't make the playoffs with Mookie Betts last yeah. year. Yeah, so I, I don't I, think they're going to make don't the know. playoffs this year. I know. I, I don't think so either. I think. I've, I I think you expect more to be traded or released, whatever. You know, I think Ben Attendee is going to be gone. Uh, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, there there are guys that are that are going to be gone, and and now again, like they're in a like a little bit of a rebuild mode, um, to try to get back that Mookie Betts. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be in this purgatory sort of place, right? Because they don't need now that they're re- like they got enough money off of their books to be under the tax so if the repeater because that's what it was they kept repeating and the repeater tax increased how much they were paying and they were paying a lot of money but we don't care about that the billionaires are owning the team so but now they still have uh, well they still have years of team control on benintendi they still have sales signed to his big contract they have a couple of starters but it's not like they're i mean their rotation pretty much killed them last year in their bullpen so other and i mean they have rafael devers for a while so those guys they still have a little bit of a window there, but then I think once those guys are sort of, sort of towards their end, then Bogarts is probably going to be on the way out too. So I don't know, but listen, it's I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it. If I'm a, if I'm a Yankees <laughs> fan, just get them out of there and just hope for the rest of the offseason that nobody else gets accused of a uh, of cheating. Because I want I want all the investigations to be done before I make full sale uh, feelings known about how i feel about the season because last thing i need is the yankees to be i mean please don't happen but to be caught up in this science i can't i think about carlos beltran on the yankees in 2018 like once oh yeah every day oh no it's oh no it's 2019 yeah 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 he's only yeah but also too you also gotta think about too if the Red Sox go to a bad start, they may have to trade JD too, because he's gonna be he could opt out and become a free agent this right. offseason. This oh, next offseason. So that dude, would that, so that would be so funny. Like, but, they may have to trade JD too, like in like July. It's gonna be funny. Yeah, well, I, I think we're we're gonna have plenty of time to make fun of the Red Sox in, in episodes to come. But I do want to shift to the NBA now. The the main event, but again, it's they're co-main events, I think. But there's a lot to dive into here with the NBA. And I think the way we're going to set it up is I know there are some def- there are some big uh, league sort of altering trades, not altering, league relevant trades that we're going to talk about. But I do want to start with our own personal fandoms here. And Joe, your Philadelphia 76ers were 
not really expected to make a giant splash. There's been speculation for a while about, oh, are they ever going to split up Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? We don't really need to talk about that at the moment because that's sort of been been talked about a lot already. But they did yes. make a couple of sort of tangential moves that I don't know if you want to lay out for us what they did, what they got, and what they gave up, and what you're – what you think about it overall? Was it a good trade, a worthwhile trade? I mean, I, so they really only made two, um, getting Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third, which uh, going with you know the, the Warriors this year of not having Steph for a lot of the year, not having Clay up to this point, and maybe not the whole entire year. And uh, you know, other than D'Lo, uh, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third arguably were the two best on Golden State, cheap contracts, and all they got for him was, you know, Golden State gets three second-round picks, which by the time, you know, Steph and, and Clay and, and all them get back and, you know, with their money, because they're tight too because of the, you know, contract situation, I think the second picks are, are good for them as well. Uh, and also, you know, getting James Ennis off the books as well. So Philly got a second-round pick uh, in return for him. I think it was an overall good day. I wouldn't say great because number one, first, first off, I say good because I don't want Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to get split up. And I knew that they weren't going to pull the trigger on that. Um, but also too, I mean, I, I still think that they need a hell of a lot more help than, than just Glenn Robinson and, and Alec Burks. Yeah. So, so in terms of, of what, sort of holes you think they were attempting to fill or needed to fill? Do you think that Burks and Robinson are the sort of guys that are, are good enough to do that? Or you, what, what else would you have liked to see happen? I think a, a more of a, a, like a bigger bench role. Like I would have, like I would have liked to see uh, a Derek Rose to, to go to like somebody who can like lead the bench and say, all right, the second unit's going to go out. Where to dominate? Like, like let, let's go. I, I think that they're going to be great. Like, they, they can shoot. That's exactly what we need. That's it's exactly what what Philly needs to succeed. But will they step up? That like yeah. that 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 I I have to wait and see on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and and that that's what the move is, right? I mean, it's a fringe move. It's not going to move the needle right away. It's not that sort of move. It's going to be. I think the value of those guys are gonna is gonna play out later on because when you think about the Sixers, I mean, I know the standings aren't in, in the in the spot where you want them to be, right? They're in the sixth spot, although they're comfortably in the sixth spot. It's not like they're in danger of falling into the seventh yeah. or the eighth spot. They have struggled as of late, but I still think that the fact that they can t- really take it to a team like the Lakers, they've shown that they can beat the best teams on a given night. I think that's really all that matters when you get to the playoffs. Obviously you want home court, but just the capability of being able to stay on the floor with some of the better teams is what's going to matter. And, and I think they still have a good enough team to do that. And I think even though, I mean, Glenn Robinson, the third and Alec Burks, I, 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 it's tough to say that they were good on golden state considering, like you said, I think you're right. They were two of the better players on the team and that team is in last place in the Western conference. But I mean, what else? What else could you really do? I mean, I guess some activity is better than no activity. They essentially gave yep. up two second-round picks for guys that might actually play meaningful minutes. So I do think that that's overall uh, a decent trade. Marcus, do you have any concerns moving forward about the Sixers that are that are any different from sort of this general, <laughs> I think, anxiety about how far they could actually go? Um, yeah, I think they, they did they did enough to salvage you know the situation that they had. You know, I just feel like they needed like. I don't know. Like, I feel like they need a lot more than Alec Burks and um, you know, I um, forgot the second player's name. Um, but who did Robinson, Robinson the third? They Robinson. traded one third for another third. Yeah. I did appreciate right. that. <laughs> <Glenn> <laughs> Robinson, forgot, forgot, what's going on. So, right. So, Glenn Robinson the third, and they get um, they get Alec Burks. So, I, I feel like they need more than that. Like, like you said, like um, like Joe was saying, I feel like they could use Derrick Rose, or you know, maybe. Maybe get another starting point guard out there. Like they could have traded. I'm not sure if they, the money would have worked out, but maybe could have gotten the dragage. But I don't know if Miami's willing to do that right now, especially you know they're in the same conference and they're they're fighting for seeding right now. But I, oh, I just Pat, felt Pat like, Riley wouldn't have let that happen. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, 
I don't think he would have made that trade. But like I said, I, I just feel like they need like another like guard. Like he doesn't have to be the best guard, but like I feel like like you like you said, Derek Rose would have been perfect. Like someone like that, or maybe even like I don't know, they could sign Derek Collison. You know, you never know. Like he he's just, he's rumored to go to the Lakers, but if the Sixers jumped in, I think he'd be a perfect fit for that team, for the Sixers right now. I think they could use Darren Collison. A couple of names too that I thought that that the Sixers were going to go after more of is I is either one of the the Morris twins. Like I would have oh, loved yeah. to see Marcus or Markeith. I think. You know, although we needed shooting, yeah, instead of trading James Ennis for just the second round pick, we could have packaged him for, uh, you know, for Marcus Morris. But I don't know if the Knicks would want to do that to, you know, a, a team that is in the same division and, you know, conference, yeah. even though the Knicks aren't competing this year as well as they would have liked. Um, yeah, that could have been something or the Pistons. I know they're still trying to get out of the gutters. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I think uh, I think the moves that they made were good. But again, I don't think it's going to be enough to say, all right, we're going to jump from the sixth spot to the second in a matter of seven games because we're only six. You know, they're only six games back, um, which that's like that. That's it's completely crazy to me from like from the sixth seed to the second seed in the east. It's separated by six games. Yeah. So you, so you win two nights, you could be in in the fifth or the fourth. Yeah. 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 And and, and, w- and we will we will talk about uh, the Morris trade and where he did ultimately go up. But I I think the Darren Collison point is a, is a pretty good transition because there there are these Lakers rumors continue to swirl. It was mostly L.A. rumors, but now. I mean, I'm looking at the story right now from Dave McMenamin, the big scoop at 1.29 a.m. this morning. Darren Collison was at the Lakers game, which <laughs> it, it would be funny if he was just at the Lakers game just for fun and it was actually not because he's negotiating with the team. It's like you're an NBA, I mean, ostensibly right now, a former NBA player liking, you know, you just want a night out on the town, go to the Staples Center, watch the game. But uh, it looks like that might actually happen. His brief retirement may be coming to an end. I think if you want to make the argument that he was thinking about signing with the Lakers, sitting next to Jeannie Buss, probably yeah. a decent a decent sign of that. But the, it would be the only move for the Lakers sort of in this recent time because they, like only 14 other teams, 16 teams were active at the trade deadline. 14 were not. The Lakers were among them. Is that alarming to you Marcus were you expecting a move did you want a move to happen what are your sort of thoughts after uh, now that the dust has sort of settled um now that I just saw with the, with apparently Vince were asking for Morris I'm kind of glad they didn't make a trade because apparently they wanted Kuzma Danny Green and a couple draft picks I just felt like that would have been too much for Marcus Morris for this team I just you know, he's basically uh, an older, sort of more expensive Kuzma. It doesn't make any sense, and he's only under contract for this year. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know where we could have gone, you know, to where, like, we could have gotten Derrick Rose, but we would have had to get up Kuzma. I, I like Kuzma in his role as on the second unit. Like I said, I, I feel like you can get, like, a, if we get Darren Collison, that basically fills, you know, the need to get Rose. We, we wouldn't need to get Rose at that point if we got Collison. And there's another, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm just trying to think of another bio guy we can get, but that's the only bio guy I really want right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather just throw, I'd rather just throw the money at Collison and just live with it and then just give and trade assets, you know, only for like, you know, for a player that's going to be under contract for one year. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I'm, I'm okay with the, them not making the trade. Like I said, I hope they sign Collison just because they need, they need to get rid of the, they need to limit the KCP minutes and, you know, sort of get rid of the Rondo minutes, you know, that kind of, you know, they're just getting worse by the <laughs> the game. But right. by the day, I mean, it, it just seems like, he, it seems like Rondo's just good in spurts. Like, he's good in, like, two or three-minute spurts. If he's out there for, like, ten minutes straight, it's bad. Or, like, yeah. like eight minutes. It's like, yeah, it's I got, like, oh, no. I got that experience when he was on the Pelicans the last couple yeah. of years. It was very, yeah. very streaky. But And it would have felt really strange if the Lakers packaged two guys in their rotation. I won't even say necessarily rotation guys for, for one guy that's on the fringe, right? I mean, yeah. right now the Lakers basically just need three players that they can rely on to stay on the court and not be horrible with LeBron and AD. 
So I, yeah. I think you're right. I think it does make sense that they didn't give up uh, what uh, what the Clippers ultimately gave up. But yeah, so we'll we'll talk about. We should actually talk about the Marcus Morris trade now. Just what they got. It wound up being a three-team trade between the Knicks and the Clippers and the Washington Wizards managed to sneak in for. I mean, no, no real consequence. Uh, the the Clippers received Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas from the Wizards, who I believe they cut. And just as a a general disclaimer, there are going to be some names in these trade, some of the trades that we talk about, especially the fringe ones, where I, I'm pretty sure the players are just going to get waived. So I'll say that they were received. They may very well be cut right now. Uh, shout out to uh, Scalabissier and Derek Walton Jr., who both might have been cut by their teams. I mean, when you're when you're traded for a top 55 protected second round pick, essentially a pick that's not going to come to you. That's that's tough. But but back to this this three team trade. Washington, they they only received Jerome Robinson from the Clippers, and the Knicks wound up with Maurice Harkless, a legitimate NBA player, uh, a forward, not a power forward though. So shout out to the Knicks for not getting a power forward. Um, they got the. 2020 first round pick from the Clippers, which won't be a great pick, but it'll it's a first round pick. Uh, they have first round pick swap rights, top four protected in 2021. And then in 2021, they have a second round draft pick that was originated from Detroit. And then they have their draft rights to guard Isaf Sanan, who I don't know anything about. But that's the deal. So for as much, it's been a rough, uh, I mean, I can say it's been a rough week year, decade, etc. for the Knicks. It's been a rough few days in the news cycle for them after firing Steve Mills finally, which I think was generally good, but it's just all got this bad malaise over it for the Knicks. But they seem to have gotten some decent assets uh, for a guy who <laughs> had a, t- a really tough look in his uh, female qualities uh, speech that he decided to give after getting blown out on his home court in embarrassing fashion. So I don't think Marcus Morris generally had the the, the greatest uh, ethical social value at this trade deadline. <laughs> but hey, the Knicks don't have him anymore. So I guess that's a plus for them. Yeah, I think it's also yeah. a plus for the, the Clippers too. Like, obviously the, the Clippers were going to roll with whatever they had. But I think just adding Marcus Morris, you know, help, is, is going to help out a little bit. The, the, you know, those games that, you know, the starter's tired, bench is tired. Okay, so now you can bring in Morris to – you know, provide a little bit of energy, get your starter some time, uh, you know, anything to, to help out, you know, PG and uh, Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it makes sense. Cause I mean, it's not like, like Mo Harkless is a, is a legitimate rotation player, but he, he was battling injuries last, the last couple of years with Portland and especially in the playoffs, it, it kind of affected his game, I think. So I think they're going to look at Marcus Morris. He's a guy who's played in big games. He's, really turned into a, a better shooter than I think he gets some credit for. He's in the high thirties uh, in shooting threes. So that'll, he'll definitely be a valuable rotation guy. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Cause they're so versatile on the wings. And there are a couple of other wings that I do want to talk about, including some, some former Sixers getting moved around, but I do want to finish off with our, our favorite teams here because the Pelicans also, I, I mean, this is the, the episodely Pelicans talk. From from Mike DeLeo, the sponsor segment by nobody, but that is they're another one of the teams that made no deals. But we were talking just briefly before about a guard that could have been on the market. It seemed like Drew Holiday was a name that was not really on the market, but that a lot of teams wanted to be on the market. There are reports that Miami was really trying to see what they can do to get Drew Holiday. Denver had also apparently called through Wednesday trying to make a deal happen. But New Orleans stayed put. They're willing to ride it out this year, and Holiday has his contract guaranteed for next year, a player option for the year after. So they're obviously in no rush. They want to see what they got with this group. And I have thoughts about this, but I was wondering, uh, well, I guess we'll start with you, Joe, if you have any if you were kind of expecting it, what you sort of think of that decision and the Pelicans sort of uh, standing right now as they are five, five and a half games back of the, uh, the eight seed. I think that they can get in not, not with ease. It's going to take some, obviously some, some time. Um, I think it's, it's, it's smart of them to make a run. I, I, I like that too. Instead Marcus, of, really instead of, you know, trading away all the assets, I think it's, a, I would have loved to take in Drew holiday on the Sixers though. Backup point guard role. 
backup yeah. point. Oh, he's a starter. Put Simmons but... on the bench. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait, he's been playing. No. Yeah, yes, no, sir. no. I, I got you. Marcus, what do, what do you think? I think they're just waiting till the summer, honestly. I think that, you know, I think they're going to try to make the playoffs this year, you know, try to get the eighth seed and see what they can do with him in the summer. You know, I think that's kind of what, how Griffin operates anyway. You know, he, he made, I mean, they were, I mean, before he got fired from the Cavs, they were going to, they were probably going to make the Kyrie trade or make a Paul George trade during the summer and before the draft. I think that's what he wants to do. I think that's what he, what he likes to do. I don't think he likes to trade the deadline that much. So that's what I'm thinking. I think they're going to ride this out, see how far they can make with Zion, which makes sense. You know, have him, you know, they're playing really well. And like I said, this Memphis thing, it's, it's kind of, it, I'm not saying it's fool's gold, but it just seems unlikely that this, this really young team is going to play. You know, they're basically going to play like 700 basketball for the next like two months. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I just think that like, I think they have a chance to catch them. And but you know they got to worry about Dame so because he's been just on fire lately. Yeah, yeah. That's, so. that's I want to see I'm... the Lakers Pelicans first round. I I mean oh, that would be crazy. That is <laughs> I I it, it bothered me because I I agree. I mean I'd never once thought that trading Drew this season would be a good idea. And I, and I do get in principle that you can get more for him in the off season theoretically. But I'm I love Drew so much and I think he's so valuable a player. I don't think there's a rush to get him off the roster because, I mean, they're going to have to sign Ingram to a contract extension, it seems like, at this point. I mean, he's played well enough where I think if they did anything else, it would be sort of shocking. Um, But other than that contract, we don't know what's going to happen with Derek Favors. But for the most part, I I don't think the free agent class is so weak that I don't think there's a real reason to just get Drew Holiday off the books. It's not like they're going to be able to do anything with that money anyway. And I don't think it's not like Nikhil Alexander Walker or Frank Jackson are begging for minutes off the bench, like starter level minutes. And I think if they have holiday, they can make a playoff run. And especially this year, which from the beginning, I, I think the most exciting first round matchup without question for anybody would be the Lakers against the Pelicans. Just again, the Lakers are so good. The chances of an upset would be so slim. But the second that a game got close, the it would be totally insane. People think, oh my gosh, what if Anthony Davis's former team beats him in the first round of the playoffs? All he all he wanted to do was win in the playoffs. So I, I'm rooting very hard for that. I think the Dame point, like you said, is a big one because I do think now they are a more viable uh, contender for that eighth spot. And I don't want to disparage the Grizzlies by saying that because it, I I mean I think they've surprised a lot of people, including myself. Yeah. Uh, with how well they've played. I did not expect them to be uh, nearly this good uh, already. But I do think that the Blazers, as they get healthier, sort of pose a threat. I mean, Lillard has been absolutely insane, and he did so at the expense of uh, at the expense of some teams that I did not think that they were going to be able to beat. So I'll be watching them. But it all really comes down to, I think, this final 15-game stretch that the Pelicans have late in the season with against... 14 of those 15 teams are against teams below 500. So what, I, what my thinking going into it is, if you're within four or five games in that last stretch, if you can just run the gauntlet, sort of go like 14-1 and one against these teams, which is not a small ask, but those games include must-win matchups, two against Memphis, two against San Antonio, or three against San Antonio, actually. If you win those games, all of a sudden, it's very, very possible. So I'm holding out hope until the bitter end. But uh, that's just sort of my uh, my constant uh, faith for better for better or for worse, somewhat irrational. But I do want to talk now about some of the other trades that happened, and we'll we'll start with one actually that involves Memphis. So Memphis received Justice Winslow from the Miami Heat, along with James Johnson and Dion Waiters, who I believe has since been waived. So I'm sure Memphis is wiping their brow on that one. But Miami. Receiving Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill. Shout out Solomon Hill, former Pelican. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, that's the response <laughs> he deserves. And but oh, the big piece, Andre Iguodala. And I want to get your guys' take on Andre the Andre Iguodala situation because it was very strange. Hadn't played for Memphis at all. And Marcus, do, do you are you surprised by this move? And are, do you think it's going to be a good move? And then also, what do you think of sort of? what Iguodala did this season. Do you, are you okay with it? What's your, what's your sort of sport, uh, sports radio take on that one? 
Uh, it's his prerogative, you know. I, I mean, I, I didn't like what he did. You know, I feel like he could have, you know, like Chris Paul, you know, did not want to get traded from the Rockets to the Thunder. I can tell you that. And he's, you know, he's played the whole season with them and he's done a really good job. You know, they've, you know, they've pretty much locked themselves in the playoff spot now. But like I said, I think that I was surprised that they, I was surprised the trade happened for Iguodala, to be honest, because I, I just didn't think that like a, a team was going to be like, yeah, we're going to trade this guy. We're going to trade assets for a guy that's 36. He's on the final year of his contract. I mean, I know that Miami got the extension done, but, you know, you, you never know. Like, sometimes he could, you know, Iguodala could have just said no, and he could have been free, He could have been a UFA, you know, after this year, and that would have been kind of risky. But, um, yeah, I just didn't think that, like, it was going to happen, but I was surprised it did. Um, I think Miami – I like what Miami's done at the deadline, though. I think they're – they've really – I think they solidified themselves as, like, a serious contender now. I think they can make the finals. I, I, I mean, surprisingly, I think – I think they could beat Boston. I think they could beat Milwaukee if if everything works out with them. I think it, they just have a lot of things. They they're kind of like the Clippers. They they can do a lot of things. They could do a lot. They could put up a lot of unique lineups out there. You know, you could have Drogage and Hero out there, or they can just go all big. You know, they can have like um, none. Um, Jimmy Butler, Iguodala, you know, and they can have Bam running. They can have Bam running point sometimes. It, they have a unique team. They, they have a lot of. They're, they're very versatile. The Clippers, so I feel like they could actually make a serious run at the the finals and get out of the East. Yeah. So, so, jo- so Joe, uh, you can give your thoughts on Iguodala also, but also where where does Miami rank on sort of your Eastern Conference hierarchy in terms of teams you're you're most afraid of come playoff time. I think so. Real quick about Iguodala. I mean, I, I, I liked. Uh, I, I, I forget who it was uh, at first from the Grizzlies who who said something oh, about Dylan Igu- Brooks. Dylan, Dylan Brooks, Brooks. That's correct. Uh, said something about you know Iguodala's you know not playing. You know I can't wait till he leaves, and, and Ja was was chirping as well. Um, and then Steph Steph shows up randomly and then says you know he's got a ring, and then Ja claps back with the KD. Uh, I, I, first of all, like that is that this, this is that is the the true definition of the NBA right there. Yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, it's hard yes. to win against the Grizzlies at the moment. Yes, which is tough for me. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, which and I th- also think Ja, who's who's been great, you know, has starting to back it up a little bit, and oh, yeah. uh, I think I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. No, no offense, uh, Zion. Oh, I, uh, no, <laughs> um, but I think it, it was a great move for Memphis. Because they get, uh, you know, a, a a still a young guy in the league with Justin uh, Winslow, um, but I also think it was great for Miami. I think getting a vet guy who has been there and knows what he's doing, along with him and 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 Crowder as well. Uh, I think. Oh yeah, I forgot about Crowder. Yeah, Miami. Um, I think has has really uh, set them up for if you know if everything goes well with because I think they can sign another uh, free agent to another super max deal next year or the year after i think if all their pieces want to stay and you know they they have the money right I, it's going to be very dangerous for the next couple of years i think jimmy butler is lethal like he's he's one of the best shooters in the league right now and he's so underrated with it um i think right now if you obviously everybody's going to put milwaukee at number one um after that it's a toss-up. I, I think Miami has a has a real good shot, just like Marcus said, of, of of making the finals, and I think right below the Bucks, along with the Celtics, um, I think those you know they you know, again just like he said they can do so much with their lineup, and they they made the Sixers like crumble, mm. and then after that everything was they're soft. We're not getting, you know, uh, you know, we're not getting along. You have people saying, "Oh, everybody wants to be the star and celebrity on that team," which I don't think that's true. But like, that's when, you, you know, you have games yesterday when you lose and you're supposed to win with the Sixers. Uh, more and more stuff is going to come out. I don't think they're they're in the right mindset, and Miami's just trending upwards. So if 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 Andre Iguodala pans out. I th- I put them right at number two, uh, below the Bucks. Okay, and and then Marcus, I I don't want to do this to you, but Joe brought up the uh, the cap space, 
And I know, and yeah. I, I don't think I saw it officially reported anywhere, but I know the the Miami Heat are said to be monitoring the Lakers situation with Anthony Davis. Is is all I'll say. Uh, I think they're going after Giannis. There's, I mean, I think that's what they're going for. Uh, I don't think there, there's there's no way that AD leaves LA. Yeah, there's no way. There's I mean, no way. I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not necessarily no, rooting for right, it. Right. I, I'm really not rooting for it, but <laughs> it, it would. I, I saw that and I was like, oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, but, I remember. Uh, I, I remember he was talking. He was at some like some event in Chicago, and they were going to play the Bulls. And he's like, "Hey, you know, my options are open." You know, it was yeah. like this is in November. I was like, "What?" I was like, "Dude, you you, you begged your way to the Lakers. Like, don't, don't you even, know what don't you know what option is not open? The Bulls. He's not playing for the Bulls. <laughs> Gosh, I can tell you that. It, if Larry yeah, Markin no. wants to stay in Chicago, Anthony Davis isn't even going to stay in Chicago. No, that was it. There's no Martin way. Apparently, wants to stay. But, but yeah, so that was one big trade. I, I think probably the biggest trade of the day in terms of money being traded was the Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell trade uh, for Minnesota and Golden State. Minnesota received D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Omari Spellman. And this is after Minnesota. I, I'm pretty sure thought that they had D'Angelo Russell pretty much in the bag in the summer. And then all of a sudden he signed with Golden State, which is weird. But now Golden State gets Andrew Wiggins. Uh, a top three uh, protected 2021 first round pick that would convey to 2022 unprotected if it doesn't uh, if it doesn't convey, and then a 2021 second round pick. And I didn't expect this trade to be that interesting. I, I guess it was always going to have to be Wiggins for Russell just to make the contracts work. But I'm curious what you guys think about who wins this trade because. I mean, Russell, it, it seems like Minnesota wins just because they want to keep Towns happy because he just signed a five-year extension and was already unhappy. And they get a guy in Russell who he really wanted and who was, by all means, a, a coveted free agent in the offseason. And it's not like they're losing much in Wiggins. But my my initial thought is whether or not this actually moves the needle for either team and whether or not it might actually end up hurting Golden State in terms of the minutes in the next couple of years? Because, I, I, Joe, what, do you think that this makes sense? I, to be honest, I don't even know. I, 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 I'm, I'm at a wait and see with this trade because I, I do like Wiggins. On Golden State, no, not really. Uh, I do like D'Angelo Russell getting going to Minnesota. I think him and Kat are going to work out well. And I think within the next couple of years, you know, you get a couple of free agents uh, that can help. I mean, I don't know. I think this turns Minnesota into a little bit of a destination where, okay, you can play with two of the best players in the NBA with Golden State. I, I mean, they, they, they have picks now. They have picks. And if they hit on a few picks, they can, you know, really bolster their lineup and bolster the roster again. I don't know. I I have more confidence in Minnesota that they've won this trade, but I'm still at a wait and see with with Golden State. Yeah, and and it makes sense to an extent that sort of part of the narrative has been that well, Wiggins, the pressure is off him in Golden State to be the guy because next year it's just going to be Steph and Clay are going to be around, and I don't know the long term future of Green with the Warriors. So I, I do like the idea that even if he's going to be overpaid for what he's doing, that he might actually be able to find a role for himself in that team. And I do think if Golden State was always going to trade him, which they said wasn't the case, but it seemed like the pulse of the league was that they always intended to trade him. The fact that they got anything for him, like they could have just not signed Russell and then not gotten anything at the deadline. The fact that they do have some meaningful assets to show for it uh, makes sense. But in terms of the, the California basketball hierarchy, I'm not sure if the Wiggins move is ever going to move the needle. Because Golden State could very well have been good without him in the years to come. So I'm not really sure. Uh, like you said, we'll just have to wait and see. Marcus, do you have any anything to add to that? I mean, it's not like there was an ex, uh, a brief moment in the, early in the season where it seemed Wiggins was figuring out. But it doesn't seem like much progress has been made on that front. Yeah, I feel like Wiggins is almost like the he's almost like the Byron Buxton of like basketball. Wow, that's <laughs> like, that's actually pretty good. I like that. 
it's almost like everybody's just waiting for him to like, oh yeah, this is the year. Like this is the year he's gonna turn around. He's gonna be like the second. He's gonna be like Mookie Betts. He's gonna be like he's gonna be the best defensive center fielder ever. He's gonna be he's gonna be amazing here. It's like yeah, it it just never happens. And I feel like we're kind of at that point with him where it's like. Yeah, and it's kind of weird to look at that draft again. I, I was looking at the draft again for 2014. I remember everybody was hugging up that draft, thinking about this one and two, Wiggins and Jabari Parker. They're basically like, Ooh. I mean, it, it's kind of brutal now. If you think Jabari about Parker it. also traded in, yes. in, a, yeah. in a very meaningless trade. It was the uh, the Alex yeah. Sacramento got him and Alex Len for Dwayne Dedman. He wasn't even the he was the number two pick in the 2014 draft. Was not even the highlight piece of that draft. I know, I know. It's kind of crazy, but I will say about the the Timberwolves though. I just looked at their schedule on Saturday. They're playing the Clippers. I think we're gonna know how bad that defense is. To be honest, that that game. <laughs> to be honest, because like, man, uh, I love D'Lo when he was at the Lakers. I thought he. I always think. I always think he has potential. But man, his defense is bad. Combine that with Towns, it's just gonna be like, ugh, like uh, it's gonna be some bad. There are gonna be some games where it's like they're giving they're they're giving up like. 150 points like I, I really feel like that's gonna happen like at least through these next two months yeah but yeah I, i'm just happy that minnesota has now lost 13 straight games to to kind of uh even themselves up with the the pelicans in that that realm of losing all those games in a row yeah did you know that uh i, I saw this down espn it was we are the bottom line it said Carl Towns is 17 straight games he's played in. That's the most games that number one pick has lost in the games he's played since Michael Olo Candy. Not only big in terms of its uh, consequences potentially for the championship for at least one of the teams, but big in terms of the pieces here were very many. There were, it was a large trade in that there were so many people involved. And actually, let me, let me do an unofficial count here. I believe in terms of just players alone – there were, I'm counting on the fly here in real time. This is how uh, audio production works, people. I think we have 11 players were involved in this four-team trade because we have Clint Capella and Nene Hilario, who has since been cut, I believe, went to the Hawks. The Nuggets received Shabazz Napier from Minnesota, uh, Kieda Bates-Diop from Minnesota, Noah Vonley from Minnesota, Gerald Green from Houston, who I believe has also been cut, and a 2020 first-round pick from Houston. So that's six total players. And then Houston received, who I think the bell of the ball, so to speak, of this trade. They get Robert Covington, Jordan Bell from Minnesota, Robert Covington also from uh, Minnesota. The 2024 second-round pick from Golden State via Atlanta. Atlanta gave them the 20. 20- 24 second round pick so remember that one we'll have to keep our eyes on what that pick turns into and then uh minnesota received evan turner from atlanta jared vanderbilt from denver a player who i definitely knew existed uh juan hernan gomez from the nuggets malik beasley from denver who was also a piece that might actually be something decent and the 2020 first round pick from brooklyn which is actually a pretty good pick so in terms of ramifications for this season for all of those players being said I think the Covington move to Houston is probably the most meaningful, especially because, and I got to watch this firsthand the other night when they played the Pelicans, this Rockets small ball thing, I think, is actually legit. I think they actually are better, better off at the very least, just not playing their centers and just going out there with these wings, with ball handlers, with smaller players to play. And it sounds crazy, but I think they are good enough at switching and they're smart enough on the defensive end that they can really make it work. And adding Covington to that mix, another a versatile defender who I think would be the tallest guy in a lineup with P.J. Tucker, James Harden, Eric Gordon, and Russell Westbrook. It sounds – I don't know. Have you guys watched the Rockets play this, this sort of style yet? Have you been able to see it happen? I watched it last night. Yep, last night. Yeah. Yeah, and they beat last night. A, a good team. It's and no. and because my my thought process going into it when the Pelicans played was like, okay, they have Zion and and Derek Favors. Like these are two legit big guys who are literally big and have to deal with it. And they, they just were sort of seamlessly able to do it. So, do you think like with with that being said, do you think the Covington move sort of puts them back into the the upper echelon of the West where it's, it seems like they have might've fallen out of it a little bit in uh, in recent weeks, but now it does seem like they sort of found a rhythm. Joe, what do you, what do you think? 
I I like the move, but I I I like the move to get Covington. I don't like the move to just not have a center. Like I don't have like I don't like like I know that the you know the game's always changing. You know, you're supposed to have positionless basketball, guys get that can shoot. Um and I don't know, just having PJ Tucker, 33 year old PJ Tucker, man that, you know, guy in the middle, six five, PJ Tucker. I don't know. I, I, I like the move to get Covington. I like Bell. Um I just don't like the, you know, not having that that big guy in the middle. I think they should have went after at least a center to put in the starting lineup because, you know, they won last night, but how long is it is it going to really last? Like when they get to the playoffs and they face big man after big man after the big after big man, like what's gonna be, you know? I, I know if you score 150 and only let up 140, great, you won. But like, how long is that gonna last? Marcus, what do you think? Yeah, this is kind of like honestly, like last night. That was kind of like when the Rays debuted that like that the opener, like in 2018. Uh-huh. Everybody's like, yo, what? Everybody's like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, uh huh. Like and I just feel like, you know, that was just I don't know if it's sustainable for the playoffs. I, I think it can happen. You can do it over the course of the regular season, but like like I said, I think they I just think you know, I, I think this is not sustainable over a course of period of time. But I think, you know, if, if Tristan Thompson's gonna be bought out by Cleveland, and I think he will, and he should, obviously, but um if he's bought out, I think that's the guy they're probably gonna sign to replace, you know, Capella and just use him off the bench, you know. Let's say they have to guard AD. Let's say AD's going off, or they have to guard Jokic. They can just throw out Tristan Thompson out there for a couple minutes to guard him. You know, if they, if they need to get a stop. Um, I think that's the guy. That, I think that's who they're targeting because, like, you know, I think they tried to make a trade for him, but it didn't come to fruition or something. Yeah, that's correct. At least from what, at least from what I've read, and I think they're, that's who they're trying to target in the buyout market now. Because I'm surprised the Clippers didn't try to make a trade for Tristan Thompson. That was that was shocking. Yeah, they didn't do it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Thompson was involved with the Rockets there, so we'll see what happens there. But I do think the fact that they didn't go out and outright trade for him means that they are committed to this sort of format for their rotation, I guess you want to say, um, for the foreseeable future. And part, I I want it to work. I I, I love <laughs> I just love the Mike D'Antoni phenomenon in the league. I don't think he gets enough credit. Not not for the fact that he's successful he's been relatively successful compared to a lot of other coaches despite not having championship level success but i just love that he's actually willing to do these sorts of things right and at least have the the sort of audacity to actually try something like this cuz ostensibly the rockets are conceding rebounding battles which i mean that's the theory right but they do have good rebounding guards and last yeah. night they actually only were out rebounded by one against the Lakers. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And that's the, crazy to think about. The sustainability aspect of it is already kind of in question for me because they faced this in one way sort of unguardable Zion phenomenon. They allowed Anthony Davis to basically do whatever he wanted last night and it still wasn't enough. Davis was 14 of 21 from the field for 32 points and 13 rebounds and they still lost by double digits. And I mean, there's other reasons for that. I mean, there was like poor three point shooting, uh, which hurt them to some extent, but the fact that they're able to do that even a little bit, I'm they're They're a funky team already. And I think that the fact that they are so distinct now is, is good for the league and very fun, but Oh, man, I'm going to be keeping my eyes on that because it was frustrating to watch because it wasn't like the it wasn't like the Pelicans weren't going down low or they weren't trying to get the ball down low, but the Rockets were just ready for it. And and I do think that adding a guy like Covington is just going to make them uh, even more of a menace. But we'll, we'll have to see what happens with that. We'll we'll monitor that for the other teams involved. I mean, it's not. I don't think the players getting minutes this season are really going to be that relevant. I mean, Clint Capella being the other biggest piece, him going to Atlanta, I think is going to be worthwhile. I mean, we'll see how he adjusts and how Atlanta sort of handles the rest of the season. Cause they have no hope of making the playoffs or anything like that. But I'm hoping yeah. that there's at least some chemistry there with Trey young that would at least give Trey young fun players to be with, make it worthwhile to watch <laughs> the Hawks games. Cause it is sort of yeah. a bummer. Was, and, and kidding me, Trey young with Vince Carter, just, 
it doesn't, you know, right. tickle your fancy. Yeah, it, it's not yeah. maybe in podcast format with Vince Carter, but not not in the <laughs> NBA court competition level format. And and I and I will say Trey Young deserved to be in the All Star game. Sorry, Bradley Beal, go did. back to Washington. He did. Like, yeah, I, it, did, I, it didn't make any sense. It didn't. Right? Make, it, the the Trey Young hate doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. Because he's, he's been so getting that good as soon as he drafted, as soon as he got drafted. They they were guys. Oh, he's not going to survive. He's not going to survive. And then he airballed the 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 summer league, and everybody's like, "Oh, I told you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's weird. The defense angle is weird though, because there are so many guys in the league who are just horrible defenders, and we're exactly. just okay with it. But Trey Young is not only okay offensively; he seems like a transcendent offensive player. And I know. He just, and he just doesn't. Like, and it's not treated like that, which is weird. Because I think of a guy like Lou Williams, who, I mean, has to an extent deserved the respect that he has. He makes good shots and he goes out there. But it's not like he's a marketably better defender than Trey Young. Exactly. Like, so, I, I understand the hate. I, and I, I do believe the, the Luka thing sort of hangs over it a little bit. It's like, oh, they gave up Luka for Trey Young. But I think Trey Young is really, really good. So, so hopefully, yeah. for Atlanta's sake, I mean, I have no... I have literally no emotional investment in the Atlanta Hawks, so by all means, Atlanta, keep keep doing well and push the Knicks to the bottom of the conference. Um, yeah, I was gonna say for um, I was gonna say for another thing for Atlanta too. It's almost like everybody's making fun of him for the Luka thing, but it's almost like when the Rockets took Hakeem Olajuwon for Michael Jordan. You can't blame them, right? They got they got a, an extremely marketable player and an extremely yeah. good player. That's all you want from the draft. <laughs> like yeah, you exactly. can't really ask for much. Yeah, you can't blame them. Like nobody's laughing at them for that. I mean, come on. Yeah, as I scroll through the the other trades, it's not like they traded. It's not like they ultimately picked Jabari Parker or Andrew Wiggins. Like at least <laughs> yeah. they picked the guy who's going to be around for a while and be yeah, relevant. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of relevance, to kind of finish this off, I did want to talk. I want to. I don't. I want to talk about these trades to some extent. I'm going to rattle some of these off, and I want to say. I want to ask on a scale of one to 10, just for a, a group uh, sort of project and each one I'll, I'll say it. And then we'll start with Marcus and then Joe, and then uh, we'll come back to me. If you have anything you want to say, you can literally add it, but I don't know how much we're going to have to say about some of these trades. So we'll start mm-hmm. off. Some of them were connected to other trades. So I'll just go sort of in order. The Washington wizards and the Denver nuggets, Washington received Shabazz Napier, Jordan McCray, goes to the nuggets marcus what do you think on that one in terms of how much you care about that trade uh zero <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really don't honestly there's no there's no difference to me in that trade i just yep. you know i don't is jordan mccray gonna play 15 minutes in the playoffs like i don't think so like, I'm, I, I'm for, especially for mike malone i'll say i'll say one or two because i saw yesterday when somebody tweeted out shabazz napier has been traded Somebody put what is a Shabazz Napier, so I got to give at least like one or two. That's I, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat. I'll give it a two just because I've at least seen Shabazz Napier uh, play well for stretches. He was lethal in college. Yeah. yeah. That, so yeah, they have that going for him. Shout out to Washington for no particular reason whatsoever. Uh, so the next one, uh, Memphis and Houston. A bit. Uh, this is a big one. Memphis received Jordan Bell. Uh, a 2023 second round pick swap rights, swap rights for a second round pick. Memphis would either send the Dallas or Miami second round pick. See, GMs don't get enough credit because they're actually thinking about this level of thing. But then Houston receiving the former two years away from being two years away superstar Bruno Caboclo. So we might see him in some meaningful, legitimately meaningful minutes in the coming uh, coming months. Marcus, what do you think of this one? Same deal. Probably like, Probably a one this time. You know, I'll be, I'll be, you know, Bruno, he may do something. I don't know. But like, it's, it, I don't think he plays more than 15 minutes for the, for the Rockets in the playoffs. I just don't see it. You know, I, I don't know. Unless they want to go big and like decide, oh, maybe we need some size. You know, put Bruno out there. He's like six, what is he, 6'10? Or 6'8? Yeah. yeah, yeah so, you know, yeah, we, <laughs> <Somewhere> we, <laughs> yeah, he's the tallest guy on the roster now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm at so, like, a five. Five? You're ready oh, for Bruno. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for Bruno. Did did Memphis do anything with Jordan Bell? Did they trade him again? Or like well, what happened well, with him? Are they I, are I, they gonna like release him? 
Well, I, I don't know, actually. I, I didn't actually see that yet. They, they could very well have, like, like we've been saying. But I will say, we'll sort of combine this with the next one. And it's kind of a sneaky good move for Memphis, I think, combined with the other moves that they made with Iguodala and, um, and the like. Or, well, Minnesota, more extent, with, uh, with Covington, actually. Because Minnesota received James Johnson after he had been traded as a part of that big trade with Miami for Iguodala. He actually got shipped to Minnesota. So Minnesota's basically replacing Covington with James Johnson, who's not as good as Covington, but is not not like Covington. Is at least a poor man's version of him. And Memphis received Gorgie Dang, so... I mean, Gorgie Jang, he got a contract at one point, but that's another trade where I'm similarly not uh, not too excited for. But yeah, to finish on your on your Caboclo point, you can wrap that up. I just wanted to sort of put that in there. Yeah, no, I I just think uh, the um, just I like I like Jordan Bell. Like I'm a I'm a big Jordan Bell guy. Okay. I think uh, Memphis is really is. is is going with that young group and is just going to rise them all up together all, all, all at once. Um, and, uh, you know, especially that, that pick swap. See, I'm, I'm real intrigued on, on the GMs in the, in the NBA and just, just seeing the, the pick swap is just, I just think that's hilarious. Like, Nope, I, I, I want, you know, I want the, I want the, the 46th instead of the 50th. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I still vividly remember the Pelicans trading two later second round picks to trade up in the second round to get Czech Diallo. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> what's this guy going to turn into? And that, that was a, a big nothing burger. So, I was going to say, I'm sorry to go back on the, the um, Minnesota, but like, I forgot to mention with Minnesota too, for a deal trade. They actually got, um, I mean, you know, for, for Golden State, they got Minnesota's 2021 first round pick. Like yeah. if they're bad next year, that's going to be really bad. Yeah, it is. It is protected, but yeah, it's I protected. Right. But it could still be like a top ten pick for sure. Yeah, if they get, if, I'm thinking if Golden State gets like the first pick this year, and then they get, and then they're really good next year, and then they're back to being the Warriors, and then they get the fifth, like let's say the twelfth pick, they can use that for a good trade. Yeah. I mean, for the league's sake, thank goodness that this draft does not seem like it's great, at yeah. least on the front, because if Golden yeah. State ended up with the first pick and then they got two of the best 15 players in the league back fully healthy next year, that would be a, that'd be a little scary. Yeah. But a, a couple more uh, trades here. Uh, I will actually reference this one. Alex Len and Jabari Parker going to Sacramento. Atlanta receives Dwayne Dedman, uh, 2022nd round pick from Houston, and then a 2021 second-round pick from Miami. This one feels strange to me because now Atlanta has Dwayne Dedman and Clint Capella. I'm not really sure what's going to happen there, but at least that's a good player there. So I'll actually start with this one. I'll, I'll give it – I mean, I'll give it a three because I, I think it's valuable, but I – again, inconsequential to my basketball viewing, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to give it like – I'm actually going to give this a five for a different reason. Well, I think they're, I think they're gonna take. I think the reason why they got Capella was that they're gonna probably try to make some big trade. At least they're gonna attempt to make one because uh, he's gonna. Uh, yeah, they're probably gonna make a big trade or attempt to make one because he's making fifty. What, what is Capella making this year? Is he making? A lot. Is he making? Yeah. yeah. So I think they're trying to make the money work. I'm thinking like I, I'm thinking more of like I, I know. I mean, I hate to say this for Wizards fans, but like if the Bradley Beal situation does not work out. Like and, he, and he's like calling for and he's calling to be traded. Like I think you know right now Atlanta can make the money work with Capella and they can throw in somebody else. They maybe can throw in a future first round pick. They could throw in um, DeAndre Hunter, possibly you know Cam Reddish. I feel they can make a trade for for Bradley Beal right uh, for Bradley Beal like if, if it comes to that. Yeah, if you, I think that's why they got Capella because that's why I was thinking like. Man, why are they trade for two centers that are like you know they're basically the same thing? And I think they did they trade for Capella just for money reasons to make the money work for like you know let's say oh yeah Bradley Beal all of a sudden he wants out. I think that's why they they made that trade to get Capella. They, they just use him as a future like you know to make the money work. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that. I'm retroactively moving up to a five with you because I like that. Joe, what do you think? Uh, I'd be I'd be in the all in for a five or a six just because just, just like what he said with you know I think as soon as Bradley Beal says I want out I think Atlanta's on the phone immediately trying to get him yeah um to and and just to pair him with with Trey would be uh you know I think that would be a very uh you know 
it'd be it, it would give Ben Simmons a little bit of you know some nightmares for right now. Ooh. Seeing all those, I, I know it it hurts to say that it really does. I like it. I like it. Well, that that's we don't want to cause anybody too much pain here. We we only have light jabs at each other's teams. That's what <laughs> it is for the moment, at least until the Pelicans play the Lakers in the first round. Oh, then it's yeah. going to be a bloodbath. Uh, yeah, I know it's not going to be. <laughs> but uh, but I I will end. I'm gonna impose a ranking of one on both of these trades: the Scalabissier trade to Atlanta for a 2024 <laughs> second round pick, protected, which is gotta be. A chip on the shoulder. This is a pick that four years from now may not even be anything. So that's tough for Scal. And then the Derek Walton Jr. trade, 2022 second round pick, top 55 protected. That's going to the Clippers, Atlanta receiving Derek Walton Jr. Again, there are some money and cap things that I don't understand. And quite frankly, I don't think we need to understand. But but those two picks wrap up the the trade deadline action, I believe. I don't think I missed anything or at least anything of consequence, really. Again, 16 teams were involved. It was a very fun day of following basketball, and I'm glad that both of you, Joe and Marcus, were able to join me on uh, to talk it through. Oh yeah, it's a blast. I yeah, see. Like the NBA is is the 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 home of all the drama and and everything in sports. I, I think it, like that's like the central, and I think that the trades just make it even interesting. Like how do you like how do you not look at the the Andre Iguodala thing? And be like, oh, this is this is something. Yeah, yeah, something something is is a word for it, definitely. Oh, wait, I think we missed a trade. Wait, did we talk about Andre Drummond trade? Oh, we didn't talk about the Andre Drummond yeah. trade. Let's do it quickly. You know what? Yeah. Oh, I had it. Yes, I had that. I have it highlighted. Yeah, I'll run it through. We'll do it. We'll do it quick. Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers receive Andre Drummond, and Detroit gets the the resounding package. I mean. It's good that they held out for this long to get a return this good. Uh, John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a 2023 second-round pick, the worst one of Golden State's in Cleveland's. Wow. What a haul for a guy that probably expected to get a max contract at some point. Do, do you guys think he stays with, with Cleveland? Do you think Drummond stays with Cleveland? Or is he going to, like, want out, like, you know, this summer or next year? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what he's going to do because I don't think he's yeah. going to get a max contract. I don't think so either. Yeah, it doesn't I, make any sense. I have no idea. I honestly, I had no idea what to make of his situation because it seemed like the Hawks wanted to trade for him, but I don't think he's a good – I don't think he's good. I don't think the Hawks – and I think the Hawks realize that. I have no yeah. – yeah. I mean that's really – like I had it highlighted as a high-profile trade just because of how big his contract is, but I really – I don't expect him to ever – be a difference maker at this point yeah i feel like i've read so many zach low hit pieces on andre trump at this <laughs> point like he had so many just like he just it's so funny like yeah like i, I don't know like i i couldn't believe when um yeah like, i was like shocked when the celtics were like somewhat interested in andre Drummond for like a hot minute i was like wow i yeah. hope that happens <laughs> yeah. danny ainge just wanted that on his resume of guys he almost <laughs> traded for just to sprinkle in some like ooh, that's a, that's one i don't remember yeah but uh, but yeah. So we'll wrap up there. Thank you for squeezing that one in there. That's why we that's why we make it a three man show so we can have uh, three people come in and do it. But thank you guys both. I'm sure we'll have you on at some point to some extent as the NBA season continues. Uh, good luck to your teams uh, for the near future, and hopefully the Pelicans will be able to join them in the playoffs. But. For Marcus Gray and Joe Stauffenberg, this has been Mike DeLeo. For episode three of Full Tilt, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to stay tuned. we got some stuff coming down in the pipeline. There is a particular uh, movie-based event happening on Sunday night. We may have an episode to do with that next week. Stay tuned for that. But until next time, have a good rest of your weekend, start of your weekend. However, whenever you're listening to this, just continue to do good things with your life. And we will hear from you soon, and you'll hear from us soon.